Welcome back to Breaking Strings. We've got Ben Byers on the show again. He's a Berlin-based professional classical guitarist and yoga practitioner. He founded Imaho Yoga. This is an online and in-person yoga studio with his wife, Jennifer Byers. So Ben, you are back for round two this week. I'm going to start off with some listener questions because last time we didn't get to do that. First of all, how have you been? Okay. Wow. We have listener questions? <laughs> Amazing. Um, but first, let me ask you, uh, answer your question. How have I been? I've been busy. I'm teaching a lot of students every week. <laughs> I hear you. Well, let's talk about the teaching that you're doing. What are the age ranges that you're working with in Berlin? From 7 to 77. Oh, wow. That's huge. <laughs> I mean, maybe not 77, but yeah, I think I have like a 7. Yeah, he's maybe late 60s, early 70s. I actually don't know exactly how old he is. And then, yeah, I think my youngest is, is 7. Yeah, maybe 8. Let's jump right into the listener questions. This is a okay. really good one. How tightly... Are yoga and guitar playing connected physically and emotionally? Can you talk about preparation, getting into the right state of mind, and breathing? You know, I think um, I've I've come to realize over the last few years that in in a lot of ways, even doing yoga for many years, whatever that I've that I've. I mean, even when I was doing yoga, even when I did a yoga teacher training, even when I was teaching yoga, or even when I was playing guitar, even doing concerts, like I was, I have been disconnected from my body very often. And um, the way I used to play the guitar um, was so, um, I mean, it worked like it. I can't complain like it was I was expressing myself and it was just something was moving through me and you know but I've learned so much about um, yeah how to really take care of my my body and my breathing I love that they mentioned the breathing too Um, so how closely connected is yoga and guitar playing I mean you know, also, I have to, I, I, I think I almost constantly have to mention, like, it depends on what kind of yoga you're doing as well. Um, you can get sucked into a lot of basically, it's basically calisthenics slash aerobics. It's very trendy. Yoga is a, you know, multi-billion dollar business nowadays. And I mean, I got pulled into that too. And, you know, Yoga is not at all about like, oh, I got to get my sweat on and like, you know, I don't know, do a million these things called chaturangas, which kind of like are the yoga push up. And it just it just devolves into this fitness thing, you know, um, and and in fact, as, as a musician, especially, I think you have to be careful with that stuff because it's a lot on the wrists. Um, mm mm-hmm. So it depends really on what kind of yoga you're doing. And I, and I really think that the, the, I've been getting really into Iyengar yoga. I think I mentioned it already. Um, it's really like I actually started to do another teacher training in Iyengar yoga. And then I, it's like really, it's so rigorous that I was like, oh my God, like I'm actually going to have to completely switch careers. And I don't think I can do that right now. Uh, and I, I mean, I don't want to, I want to stay in music. 
Um, but it really, I mean, I kind of stopped teaching yoga recently just because I was like, you know what? I mean, I'm learning so much about my body from this style of yoga. Um, it actually, it's interesting. There's a connection with classical music because um, um, Iyengar was not well known in the West um, until one of the ways that he became famous was through uh, Yehudi Menuhin, the famous. Oh um, yeah, classical, sure. I've mentioned you know, him, I believe, on the podcast. Sure. Yeah, and and so um, Iyengar became his yoga teacher, and um, and really, he, from what I understand, healed Menuhin's burnout uh, because he was oh, burning wow. out at the time. Um, you know, he is, he had a very illustrious career and all that. And he was really, I think he was up against the wall and meeting Iyengar, um, changed that for him. And that's, I think even to this day, like there's Yehudi Menuhin schools and in, in these schools, there's always yoga that's taught. So this, this style of yoga for me is, is, uh, absolutely the best. And, and I would say, you know, you don't have to necessarily do yoga to, to play a musical instrument, obviously. You know, some people would say playing a musical instrument is yoga. Um, but, you know, if your instrument is out of tune, you need to tune it up, you know. Um, and actually, it's so funny that I, I, I just, this reminded me just what I mentioned about tuning the instrument. This yoga teacher, it's basically my teacher's teacher from India, he gives musical examples all the time. And one of the examples he gives is tuning. And he's, he talks about, um, well, there's a few things he mentions, actually. One is, you know, the best musician in the world, the, the most amazing performer in the world, they don't make their own instrument. You know, that instrument mm -hmm, is given mm -hmm. to them and, and they learn, they take care of it. And, and you can see you you can tell a lot of times how accomplished a musician is by how well they take care of their instrument you know you can just see how they take it out of the case how they hold it in their hands you know you can tell oh this person really has a lot of respect for their instrument they're probably very accomplished and so he relates that to our own how we treat ourselves you know mm, that you know like but we only have one instrument for our whole life, so we have to be careful. But at the same time, we learn we can learn how to really take care of our instrument in a better way, so to speak. And I think certainly I think that's what this question is about. So, I, I mean, I'm totally going in a really roundabout way to say, you know, you don't have to do yoga. You don't have to meditate in order to be an amazing musician. And in a lot of ways, you know, just letting the music flow through you is the yoga. It is the meditation. However, um, you know, these practices I've found very, very helpful. I mean, I think my whole journey, you know, I never really thought of myself as like a yoga teacher per se. Mm -hmm. I mean, it mm -hmm. was, it's something I ended up doing and it's something that I got into, but I've always just thought of myself as a, I mean, since I committed to becoming a musician, uh, you know, when I was a teenager, I've always thought of myself as a musician and, um, the yoga has always been just a part of my search to kind of, I don't know, the, you know, the, my, my, my search as an artist, sort of, uh, my, my journey as an artist, as somebody, as a, somebody who wants to be creative and do something meaningful and impactful in the world. It's actually when I discovered meditation, when I was like 20 of sitting with my, my teacher, 
you know, I said to him, I want to become a monk. I don't, because everything I've been looking for in music, I'm finding right here, just seated on the cushion. And he was like, no, he's like, you, you're a musician. Like you have something really special to offer. I know a lot of people who, you know, became monks and they regret it later. Don't quit like uh, being a musician, keep sharing your music, keep putting it out there. And um, yeah, that's, yeah. Well, that's interesting that he pushed you right back into music, like in the other direction. Uh, you know, David David Bowie wanted to become a monk too. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah, yeah. He also uh, um, got really into Tibetan Buddhism, almost became a monk, and instead, you know, um, chose the path of music because... Or like you even look at, um, you know, this is another kind of well-known thing in the, the, the Hare Krishna movement was like really supported by George Harrison. Like he was, he had like um, the founder of the Hare Krishna movement said that George Harrison was like the biggest benefactor of the movement through his music, you know, you know, and, and so George Harrison, like, you know, renouncing everything and not doing any music and just being a monk or whatever you know it wouldn't it, it's it he wouldn't have nearly have had the impact that he that he had so i guess i'm trying to say to this to this person who asked the question like um yes i think yoga can be really helpful but i don't think it's it shouldn't be like one thing or the other um and you don't have to like you know quit playing music in order to do yoga you, you know, it's I I mean, my perspective now is is I've been in two different scenes. I've been in the classical music scene and then I've been in the yoga scene. And at the end of the day, at first I thought they were super different. At the end of the day, it's just people, you know, it's human beings and uh, really trying to do something meaningful uh, in life. And um, if you can combine the two, great. If, if you know yoga helps supports you in your creativity or to be more energized or, or feel better in your body or be more in touch with 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 yourself um then by all means go for it but you know music can do the same i have to tell you that the few times that i have gone to a yoga practitioner and i've done a yoga session that it was the most mindful sort of exercise that I've ever encountered because, you know, when I would run for, you know, something like six miles, 10 miles, I don't do anything much longer than that. I, I would usually listen to music or I would uh, listen to an audio book as I'm doing that. And I would just enjoy the nature that's, uh, that's around me. And if it's a cityscape, then yeah, I still uh, enjoy my surroundings. And that's kind of what I'm doing when I'm running. And when I'm lifting weights, it's the same thing. I'm listening to music or finishing an audiobook, perhaps listening to a podcast, but whatever I'm doing, I'm learning about something else as I'm doing it. But when I've done those yoga sessions, I really loved it. It was a unique experience because I actually don't like exercising with a lot of people around me. I'd prefer to exercise with no people around me. But this was a group every time that I went, and it was like really an interesting experience because I was just so deeply involved with what's go- what was going on that 
there were there were no external thoughts about anything that was going on in my life that seeped into that session. It was just uh, getting better at those moves, but at the same time, I was like really, really connected with my body, feeling how difficult everything was. I haven't experienced that with any other forms of uh, training, any other modalities of trainings. So I've I've always found that to be really special. Um, I guess the question that I have is, do you have any specific mindful, um, excuse me, mindfulness techniques that you use before performing that have come from yoga since you've been in it since 20 years old? I wish I could say there's like a silver bullet or something, you know, like just do this one thing and then, you know, take three breaths and then hold it for 12 seconds while you do the specific mudra, twist 73 degrees for five, you know? Right. Well, I know that it's a very complicated question, and I'm not looking for only one technique that I could maybe make into a soundbite or something. Let me clarify with some experiences from my own past. So when I was a student and I would finally get some concerts that I was really looking forward to, concerts in nice halls, and concerts with an appreciative audience. I remember that I'd have no recollection of each of those performances after they would happen. And this is because I spent the whole time on stage worried about whether or not I would have a memory slip. I would worry about the difficult technical aspects of the pieces. And I would always worry if, you know, if the audience was liking what I was doing, how is the audience responding? This was not very good for the musical side and the expressive side of the performances. So I got pretty sick of it at a certain time, and I made the decision that whatever I was doing before, I would now do the exact opposite. So one day I just decided to walk out on stage and be completely looking out at the audience and completely in touch with what was going on around me. I would listen carefully to the reverberance of every note in the space that I was playing in, and I would actually enjoy the fact that it was a new sound, a sound that I wasn't used to when I was practicing at home. I would be okay with that if it wasn't perfect, like exactly the way that I wanted. And you know what? I think that the performances got a lot better. I started enjoying more what I was doing. So mindfulness really helped me in this mm. area. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, how, how can you even say how that came about? It came about with experience? No, it came about with, like, your wish also to really to be present. I mean, you, you didn't want to, you know, I mean, I'm just saying, like, you know, it's not necessarily one specific thing that I'm, that I'm doing, like, breathing exercises, of course, like, um, I've, I've definitely, I think I've gotten better at like noticing when my heart is really racing and just feeling that, you know, and, and just being present with like, it's not a comfortable feeling. I'm really nervous. I'm going to try to slow down my breathing a little bit, but ultimately the nerves come right to, to whatever extent they come there, you know, doesn't matter how much experience you have. You're always a bit, you know, kind of nervous and excited and you always want it to go well. Um, so, you know, it's more like, I think it's a journey for me anyway, I think of, you know, 
for me more and more it's like this isn't a performance um i'm not a like i'm sick of performing like i don't want to perform i want to play music you know i just want to um i don't know how to <laughs> i don't know how to put it exactly but i think maybe it's just because like um you know, I feel like for me, I was thinking about it somehow when I was thinking about our podcast for tonight. And I was just thinking, like, maybe some things came too early for me and I wasn't ready for them. You know, with my with some of these competitions and some of this pressure and whatever. And, you know, I just I just went into this really weird bubble kind of like you were saying, like you just kind of almost blank out or you're just so. Like, uh, I can tell you, like, uh, one competition uh, that I won, like, the competitions I w that I would win, I thought I would lose. The ones that I would lose, I thought I would, you know, the, the opposite would happen or whatever. You know, like, I remember once I won this competition and apparently there was, like, a really loud noise outside that was, like, very distracting. I did not hear it at all. Like, I was just completely in this other world. And, you know by sheer adrenaline and I don't, God knows what else, you know, um, I, I kind of, uh, stuff was happening. And now when I look back at it, I'm, you know, I'm 38, I'm turning 39 in 15 days. And, you know, <laughs> I'm like, wow, what, what, how did that, I have no idea. I honestly have no idea. It's kind of a miracle. Um, but now I look back and I go like, yeah, okay. Um, I'm, I'm proud of what I accomplished. And um, now I want to, you know, kind of, I want to get away from that, this, this like performance, performance. And I want to, I want to, yeah, like you said, be present and, you know, play the music and really enjoy as I'm playing it. And, you know, now I'm doing, you know, some chamber music and just enjoying playing with the musicians and just listening to the music and just having a nice experience. My whole life doesn't depend on whether I play the piece perfectly anymore, you know, and I can just, you know, do my best to let the music come through me. And like we talked about last time, let go of the results. And that's, that's the, you know, I, 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 I don't know if that has everything to do with my yoga and meditation practice, but um, certainly that's the message you get in the mindful, mindfulness, meditation, yoga kind of scene. Ben, can you think of a challenge that you've had that was a really big obstacle, but you figured out a way to overcome it, and the solution to that problem was very surprising? I've had some spectacular fails in my career, I would say. Um, I don't go about broadcasting them, but I've had plenty of challenges like, you know, I don't know, basically getting to a point where I couldn't get out of the first round of a competition when, you know, a few years earlier, it was like almost always, you know, placing at least. And, you know, that was, I think I carried that around with me for so many years, this feeling of resentment and disappointment. And, uh, you know, there was stuff with my politics when when I was going to school and all this kind of stuff um, well could we just jump into that competition thing for just a second I've actually had some similar reactions you know when something is going really well for me and things are happening the way that I want I get even more motivated I have more drive now as soon as there is any kind of a hiccup I could sometimes lose my way 
And that is a huge mistake because you should really try to keep the drive as constant as you possibly can, and the hiccups should not deter you so much. I, I got you here. I got I got my answer for you. You know, it's so having had these, these experiences like you mentioned where, you know, you just want to do well and succeed and you don't it doesn't go the way you want. And it's called perfectionism, you know, um, and I was like a complete victim of my own perfectionism, um, which really also underneath it is I'm not enough, you know. I'm not an, I'm not good enough unless I fill in the blank. I'm not good enough unless I win this, unless I do this competition, unless I get into this music school, unless I get this job, unless I blah, 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 blah. And it's like almost never ending. And it, it definitely played a big role in my life, perfectionism. And, and I, I, like I said, for many years, I just was looking basically in the rearview mirror going, my life was so great then, and then this happened and then, you know, uh, then my life was ruined or whatever, or like, you know, my career was ruined or I could have, I could have, could have, would have, should have, a lot of that. And what I would say is so unexpected and nice is that I, some, I've, I've transitioned out of that more and more of that mindset and I'm leaving that behind. Not that I can leave, I can't leave what happened, my past behind. I can't leave the mistakes I made or, you know, whatever happened to me, my victories and my failures. All of that is, is, is part of my past. But the way I react to it, the story I tell myself about it has, has shifted. You know what I really like? I can recommend a book, Atomic Habits. You probably heard of it. You probably read it. 1% better every day. I freaking love that. If you just get 1% better every day, at the end of the year, you're like 37 times better than you were because of con uh, compounding interest. And that really helps me sometimes when I'm like, I didn't get enough done today. I did, you know, this is not enough. When I just start to hear that not enough mantra going again and again and again in my head and go like, all right, I didn't get this done today, but maybe tomorrow I can do the next little step. And, you know, 1% better every day. I'm just going to keep showing up. And who knows in five years, like that, this little trajectory shift, you know, this 1%, the example he gives, and then I'm going to stop talking because I've been rambling a long time. The example he gives is you just change the plane. Like uh, if the plane is in San Francisco or something, yeah, San Francisco flying to New York and you just change like two degrees, the nose on the ground, something like that, maybe three degrees. God, I hope I'm not screwing this up. Yeah, a few degrees, which is like only a few feet on the ground. Over the course of thousands of miles, the plane will end up in like Washington, D.C. instead of New York. Just from this tiny little shift, this kind of little tiny little course change at the beginning. So if every day you just go 1% in this direction that you want to be moving in, it's a small, it's barely noticeable. It's barely noticeable on a day-to-day -day basis. But after a week and a month and a year, it, there's a big difference. And that's the kind of work I'm doing now. Like, that's what I'm into now. And that's where I just feel it's like a huge freaking relief. Because the, the weight of the world isn't on my shoulders. I don't have to depend on, like, playing every single freaking note perfectly. Like, that's no longer life or death for me. And thank God I'm out of that. Ben, it's awesome to have you. I really appreciate your time. I know you're very busy. And 
every time uh, we have one of these conversations, whether it's uh, the record button is on or whether the record button is off and we're just chatting, I always learn so much from you. I, uh, thank you so much, really? man. Wow. Um, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me again. Um, we're going to keep, uh, keep this as a regular occurrence. Um, and, you know, I think uh, keep the conversation going. And, and I'm super glad because I also feel, yeah, uplifted. Um, thanks for sharing that story. And, and yeah, thanks for having me.